Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. start with some MLB trades today? I don't know what one of these I'm most interested in. So many, first of all. <laughs> yeah, I see Hicks went to Toronto. Graveman went to Houston. Mm. That was news to mm-hmm. me. Uh, Lynn and Kelly to the Dodgers. Robertson to Miami. Carlos Santana bringing his smooth to Milwaukee. <laughs> Giolito and Lopez to the Angels. The Rosario for Syndergaard trade was interesting. Yeah. Um, Cleveland to uh, Dodger, flip. And then Lopez for Floro, Minnesota, my, uh, Miami, also sort of interesting. And then Kike Hernandez to back to the Dodgers. First of all, where in here is the Scherzer to Texas? Oh, I did Scherzer <laughs> to Houston. Oh, my word. Scherzer to Texas. My bad. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, also, is there, is there like a, a secure line red phone between Minnesota and Miami now? Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, it's not like, it's not like there aren't a lot of people who go from Minnesota to Miami all the time. That's a good theory. I, I don't dislike that theory. Yeah. I, GM's got a house there. We just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Probably does. Yeah. Toronto, uh, Toronto, Boston, um, Minnesota, of course, they have like connections in uh, in Miami. So we're going to talk about closers today. Do we think the closer moves are done? Absolutely not. Who's next? I I don't know who's next. We'll we'll talk. Let's talk about that a, a little bit later. I want to talk about that um, in in more depth. One thing that is missing on here, in my opinion, I was talking to a, a Cubs fan, real life Cubs fan. They're moving up in the NL Central. Nothing here for the Cubs. No, I didn't. I didn't include any of their moves. Or no, they don't. They, they haven't made. A move they haven't yet. made one yet, as far as I can tell. I know. I did see an article that was like the uh, uh, the trade deadline goes through Chicago. I mean, this is kind of, and they don't mean the White Sox. <laughs> no, 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 no. The trade deadline does go well. How many players have the White Sox traded already? And they will probably trade someone else. Oh, so oh, so that's the angle that they meant, not that the. Not that the Cubs might pick people up, that the White Sox are hemorrhaging. And, well, no, it was both. Ah, it was both. Okay. It was a, The Cubs should be picking people up. They've already made a couple of interesting moves that suggest that they might. And and the Bellinger that they're saying Bellinger is not moving is also yeah. of interest. Um, so, no, the trade deadline goes through Chicago. I mean, otherwise I consider this to be kind of a who's who of people that want to make the playoffs. Oh, another one that's not on here is the uh, Cronin Grichuk to LA, to Angels. No, true. Yep. Well, yeah, uh, because they're as for fantasy wise, are are they actually that as interesting as the other guys? Le- less interesting, arguably, right? Because they're leaving course. <laughs> Crone, he ends up being the number five hitter that we we're talking about that the Angels needed. Yeah. Oh, great point. Didn't even make that connection, but so true. Yeah, he's not Josh Bell, but close enough. What do you? What's your number one on this list? Oh, I mean, I think that Scherzer to Texas, he's gonna have a great second half. Yeah. He's going to get it on a team that can give him run support. 
He's going to be, um, he should be in front of a slightly more consistent defense. Uh, and I think that he was already geared up to have a better second half than first half. Let's walk through TGFBI. Are you okay? You sitting down? I bet you want to. <laughs> Tools check in. Um, you have dropped to 259 from 220. Wow. The, the fall continues. I, I just cannot, I cannot get pitching right. Um, I had, you know, the amazing early start and, and then it's just, there's nothing. (laughs) Explosions, explosions throughout. Yeah. And then I am at 252. Uh, so that's up from 273. I, I can't really get away from one standard deviation of 250. (laughs) It's just funny, you know, cause I look at, I look at this team and it's like, the pieces all work. Everybody is a guy that if I dropped him, somebody else would pick him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's. I hate that. And it's like, okay, what am I? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Did you make any pickups? Well, I got Tim Anderson. Oh, of course. If he's available, why not grab it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was my that was my take on this. Like, what's going on here? I got. Um, I also got Graham Ashcraft. Ah, okay. I like I like him. I. I went crazy and um, put in a few pickups uh, that nobody else was going for. Uh, Gallegos, he's got a job, right? Tyone, Eric Swanson, Kyle Isabel. Don't know who he is, but he was the one with the most played appearances as I sorted. And I was like, oh, no, Kyle Isabel is important. I, I briefly thought for a second that you'd somehow gotten your hands on Dansby Swanson. No, I already have him. <laughs> Where, where's Kyle? Why is, where's Kyle Isabel hitting in this lineup? Why is he getting so many at bats? Like seventh, man. The Kansas City lineup has gone nuts this year. This is a, there's a whole lot of playing time. This is a total aside. They're not even leading off Bobby Witt. No. <laughs> what? It's always always good good when you have the best leadoff hitter in baseball and you have to bat him second because you don't have anyone to bat him in. What in the world is? That's that? why I picked up Michael Garcia. No, no, in, no. Uh, yeah, in our home league. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have questioned you. Oh, you have. You have been. Interesting. Great. Thanks, bud. Well, of course, I've, of course I've been questioning. Today, our main topic is going to be closers. We have been, we've had a couple of different topics where I felt like we could have derailed presentations of other work by going into some information about closers. So let's let's talk about them now. Let's talk about all the, all the closer things. So is this specifically closers or are you allowing discussion of relievers? Do they have to get saves to enter this conversation? Current closers, future closers. Okay. Erstwhile closers. Fewer erstwhile closers around this year, I don't think. In a way, but I think that these analyses are always really interesting. I was a, I was slightly ahead of the Josh Hader game because I was watching him. Was like this guy, this guy gets an amazing amount of K's as a middle reliever. We should. I should probably watch this guy. And then the next year, it was like he's going to get this job. Well, this was this was our old old analysis. Remember of pitch arsenals for mm-hmm. closers for for relievers, and we would look at relievers and be like, "Wow, that guy throws only fastballs. That is a closer profile. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a closer profile like for sure. And we haven't you know haven't unearthed that in several years. I wonder if it wonder if it still works. Well, we can maybe. This is sort of I I sort of thought saw this as a little bit of. Um, Summary stats kind of day. Um, I've, I've been doing this a couple of different times to make sure that 
I'm grounded in what the new tech paradigm is. And um, like, for instance, one of the questions that I had was, I feel like there are more saves this year just out there. And um, uh, to this point in the season, it seems like there actually is um, more saves this year. So is this more of a stats conversation to you or more of a feeling conversation to you? Because you talked about the role of scouting. There are two routes for identifying closers. There's the route of scouting and there's the route of stats. I think right now it's really important for us to be considering the scouting route because there are changes that are being made across the MLB. Jordan Hicks is going to Toronto. Romano could be out two weeks. He could be out the rest of the season. He could be out to the point, to the playoffs. We don't have any idea. And then there are roles that are changing. With Graveman going to Houston, that means that they're opening the door for Gregory Soto, et cetera. Um, so I was raising this because, number one, is Closer Monkey still our preferred source of information? I think they should be. I mean, I'm consistently impressed with the analysis that they put together. You know, it's the type of thing that, like, oh, if I had infinite time, this would be really fun to do. This would be really an interesting way. Like, this is how I should look at Closers. I don't have infinite time. <laughs> no, 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 I barely have enough time to remember to look at um, Closer Monkey before I do ad drops. <laughs> you trust them on the name Closers. You don't necessarily on the committees. Sure. You make your own decision there. Like, as of right now, the committees are apparently Texas um, with Smith and Chapman and Burke, but Burke never gets the save opportunity. Chicago White Sox with Santos Middleton and Bummer, but they're not gonna. Bummer is not gonna really be in there, and Santos is probably gonna be in there. Middleton back. It's been a little while. Is he? Has he gotten any saves this year? Mm, don't know. New uh, New York Mets: Ottavino, Rayleigh, and Smith. Robertson gone. Um, St. Louis: Gallegos, Romero, and Palente. Palente is that right? Palantir. I always hear Palantir whenever it's I always see Palantir. Uh, Arizona, Ginkle, Chafin, Castro, Colorado, Lawrence, Bard, and Hand. <laughs> wow. I think this is one of the things that's odd this year is that there's so many good teams with um, committees. Texas, Tampa, um, the and the Dodgers are three of the top teams. Would you say that uh, you know Minnesota's committee is a, a good team? Good team with a committee, Minnesota? I Well, Closer Monkey doesn't have them as having a committee. But they are. I mean, I understand that Duran's been getting most of the saves. All right. So I've, I wanted to focus some analysis on comparison of this year's stats to last year's stats so that I can make sure that I'm grounded. So 2022 stats to this point in the season compared to 2023 stats to this point in the season. I want to name. I want to give a couple of names and and um, from last year, and then and then consider um, like who who's come up this year, and why, is, is it is this a good point in the season for us to start getting ready for next year, starting to get some names, mm. trying to get them, some names back, instead of really try to fully jump in for the rest of the season, and maybe also uh, do that as well. Try to see if we can um, find some names that are going to be helpful. For- all right, so last year, the number of saves at the 731 mark was 786 total across MLB. Saves leader had 29. That was Josh Hader. I'm going to give you a couple of correlation numbers. Mm-hmm. 
between a stat and number of saves. Now this is this is dangerous, but it's fun, right? <laughs> the correlation coefficient between ERA and saves was negative zero point one two last year. The correlation between K per nine and saves was zero point three four. Okay. Correlation between XFIP and saves, negative 0.28. Okay. FIP and saves was negative 0.21. And Sierra and saves mm-hmm. was negative 0.32. So Ks is the most important. Face value. Just wild K per nine is the most important thing to be able to get saves. Yeah. And it's it's not exactly world beating. I mean, we, we sort of know that though, right? I mean, because... You know that an effective closer can have kind of a not great ERA because they can just blow up in specific games. You can, yeah, over the course of, you could get three saves. You could let up six runs in three innings and you could still be, uh, gotten three saves. I mean, I'm looking at, okay, the concrete example, I'm looking at Ryan Presley's got a 3.23 ERA, which is an outlier amongst most closers. He's still got 24 saves Yeah. to this point in the year. Well, yeah, let me give you a couple names here from last year. So the top, um, the top five in ERA, eligible. So I'm saying sure. anyone who had, had a hold, a save, or a blown save. I will, I should say. I have limited the population to anyone who is eligible with a hold, a blown save, or a save. Okay. Um, some interesting players to keep note of. JP Firesian. Firesian. Am I? Oh, I yeah. Don't know how to yeah. Name. Ryan Helsley, Tyler Kinley, Eric Swanson, mm. and Brock Burke were all the ERA leaders at this point last year. XFIP. XFIP leaders last year, Edwin Diaz, Devin Williams, Chris Martin, Andres Munez, and Ryan Helsley. Okay, I mean, I like I like that list better. Yeah, and you like this li- list as well. Um, correlation between FIP and saves, Ryan Diaz, Helsley, Devin Williams, J.P. Firesian, and Ronaldo Lopez. And then Sierra leaders were Diaz, Helsley, Clay Holmes, Andres Munez, and Josh Hader. That's what, Munez. That's part of the reason Munez was one one of the guys that you really liked this year. But then that's why that it matters who has the job because Sewell is just entrenched. Yeah, yeah. I I do not like that. I, I mean, the problem is Paul Sewell is actually doing an okay job, right? <laughs> if you look at his stats this year. I think when I think about the evolution of the way the bullpen should work, I think that the the Sewell Munez is exactly what I'm expecting and should happen, which is you just you have a guy who's a professional who can be there in the ninth inning, who he should be getting eighty eighty five percent of the save opportunities in that spot. Just just you should be able to think about it. it's like okay, Sewell will close it out. Yeah, unless there's a specific matchup. Or there's a specific hard point in the lineup, and then and you know everything else comes into play. Then you know then we bring in someone else who might have um, faster stuff. Yeah, who might have a better record against a player, and you have like two guys in the bullpen who are really good. Who you know they could close out a game if you needed them to, but really there for the matchups when that when if they come. No, I I completely agree. I mean I think that's the way. If you and I were running a bullpen, <laughs> I think that's what 
you think that's what we would target you know i mean to some extent though i don't want to do i don't want to pretend like closers aren't unicorns in some way that like you can't always persuade a really good pitcher to to be the second fiddle no exactly yeah they're these are the guys that we always joke about these are the guys that need to have like fire and loud music when they enter the game because they're kind of divas i mean i i guess i'm looking at i guess i'm looking at I'm trying to imagine in my head who's leading these things, who's leading these categories in this year. And I feel like it's going to be guys that I would say are quote unquote good. Like you listed a couple of guys that were kind of like, oof, I don't know about that. But I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like this year's more regular than 2022. So what are, what are you learning from the 2022 list? All right. So here's some differences. So 2022, um, some of 2023 saves. By this point, by today, <laughs> eight hundred twenty-nine. That's appreciably more. Yep. Okay. Um, Mac, the, the save leaders, they're two, two with thirty-one. Um, Alexis Diaz and Camila Duvall. Oh, man, Duvall. I. How many people stared at him and were like, "Yep, I don't know if I want this." There again, not a great team. No, nope. but a good team that's in games. But also they they were very cagey. San Francisco was very cagey about who was going to be their closer going into the season. I I, I agree. It wasn't entirely clear that he, that he was going to be the guy. All right. So correlations, ERA and save. This year's negative zero point three two. Oh, okay. K per nine and saves zero point three two. Hmm. Just, just double checking that the code is saying this this thing is <laughs> it's not it's a little weird because. XFIP and save, 0.31. Okay. FIP and saves, 0.32. <laughs> and then CRN saves is 0.32. I mean, it's not a crazy number. It's Well, it's crazy that there's only all of those are 0.32, but one of them is, is 0.31. Uh, so is that telling us that – is that telling us that this year is fundamentally different or that – at the end of the season, the wheels kind of come off for closers. No, because last year, the numbers that I was doing last year were to this point in the season. Oh. So I could make sure that we we're... So it's not that. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. What could be... I think the bigger thing is that that means that something is keeping those numbers closer to the mark. I guess I shouldn't make that assumption. But the ERA, XFIP, FIP and Sierra all correlate pretty closely same at the same with the co- same correlation coefficient is um xfip guys Jose Alvarado wow mm. Araldus Chapman um Matt Brash Josh Spores uh any new games Tanner Scott and Gabe Spear Hmm. Yanier Cano. I like Yanier Cano, but yeah. it's going to be, well, any of those guys you want to talk about? Any of those guys of interest that you've you've been thinking about? Um, I mean, honestly, the guys that I've been thinking about are pretty much the the guys that are available in TGFBI. I'm happy. I'm happy with most of the guys that I have, but I could use, I could just use more saves. So it's time to start grubbing. Do you, so you would say that I should be sorting on K per nine because I'm just looking at the list of who's available. Jose Alvarado is unfortunately on the IL right now. Right. Yes. It, I mean, I, I think that K, 
going off of K per nine is the biggest thing here. What about Josh Spores? S B O R Spores. Yeah, but he he doesn't um, he doesn't really get saves. Yeah, he doesn't get any saves. Two blown saves, ten holds. Sweet. So so he might be the guy. He might be the guy that we're talking about that is the one to watch for next year. Yeah. What about Gabe Spear? Seattle, another, you want another Seattle uh, reliever who's not getting actual saves? Yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite. Andres Munoz at least has two saves. <laughs> what about Matt Brash? I, all of these guys. Do you want me to redo the analysis well, without old guys? I mean, Matt Brash is 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 good for good for K's, not great for ERA right now, which is why we're seeing some of this, you know, some of this correlation. <sighs> Well, yeah, but well, his ex-FIP and his FIP, wow, I, I think the Seattle's defense might need some work. Um, <laughs> make him look interesting. I mean, the, the guy the guy who's most, who's available, who has the most interesting role right now for me is Andrew Chafin, who happens to actually, yeah. who happens to actually be available in my TGFBI. That's committee-ish, as we talked about before. His K per nine is not that bad. He's got 49 Ks in 34 innings right now. He's got, he's got a four ERA. Don't love that, but no, I don't think that that's. But most of these, I mean, I like. There are things to like about all the guys <laughs> that you've mentioned. However, they're not getting saves. <laughs> well, but that's the problem is that the guys that are getting saves right now aren't typically available. So you need to either be thinking you need to be thinking one step ahead at all yeah. times. No. It... <sighs> It's one of the problems about when you, when you fall behind in saves, yep. you don't have the time to sit on a project. But because you're not sitting on a project, you're chasing after you're chasing after the stat. So what what is your what is your recommendation for the guy out there who needs saves or who is low on saves? <laughs> I think the recommendation here is is what what you said. Just look at K per nine. Look at available K per nine, and then think about who who has the opportunity. And I think that that's what we keep on running into is all these Seattle guys. But I think that about brings us to the review session. Tristan Cassis, Cassas. This is good because this is a guy that I I need to make some decisions on because I own a share of him. All right, Tristan Cassis of the Boston Red Sox. He is twenty three years old. He was the Red Sox first round pick in twenty eighteen, but just making his way into the majors now 92 games this year 342 plate appearances he's got 16 home runs 40 rbis 46 runs zero stolen bases and a 253 average and most of that is from after the all-star break but july yeah his <laughs> yeah. july was good the rest of the season he was uh i mean the team was considering dropping him i feel like yeah yeah is this for real I mean, we're, this is a guy that is a great time to talk about him because he's so hot right now. Just like Hansel, you're right. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. And I own him. <laughs> and I for just... this year. I think, and I don't really believe this forever either. Like, this guy, I think, is 25 home runs a year, 80 RBIs. Maybe he gets up to 260. I, th- I, I think, think he's, he's the next coming. I think he's a very good player for the the red sox i mean like he just seems like he's a red sox player he does he's got it why did he just so i just did a random home run and i fully expected him he's a left-handed batter mm-hmm. in family pack yep 
David Ortiz showed you what you're supposed to do. Exactly. You're supposed to pull that baby right next to Pesky's pole. First home run I see, went up out. If you do his most, his most to right field one. Oh, here it is. Yep, there it is. This is what you're supposed to do every time. Whoop. That would be a fly out anywhere else. 100%. I love it because even the announcers are like, oh, home run. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've we've watched a few of his home runs. He clearly has, I mean, he clearly has the strength to hit home runs. He is 6'5", 244, and he, he boy. looks like an athletic guy. Uh-huh. He's got a he's got a jackass stance though. Oh yeah. He's gonna have to like he's gonna have to not have a jackass stance to be able to make it in Boston. And, yeah. And just generally making his career. No, no, I hundred percent agree. He, he but the, one of the interesting things is that he's a left-handed batter, but a but he throws right-handed, so he actually is serviceable at first. It's really hard. Yeah, it is hard to be a. Yeah, so he's not actually as much of a liability at first as you might worry that he would be. Arm strength. 12th percentile nice he, that's why he plays first <laughs> but being 6'5 240 also yeah yeah that, that's right the sprints i mean you didn't mention his sprint speed is in the seventh percentile <laughs> nice yeah where do we where do i see player comps oh way down here okay who do you, oh there's joey Votto. 2023 joey Votto. nice Look at the rest of these. 2023, Jorge Soler. 2023, Randy Orozarena. 2023, Pete Alonso. I mean, this is a great comp list in the sense that they make perfect sense, not that I want him to be like them. Why is it all 2023 players? I don't... Okay, so back to... Is this a guy that you trade for this year? No, um, no because, his, because his price right now would be incredible. You think so? If his price is... Yeah, who's the... Who's the guy that you'd tra- trade him for? I mean, his price his price is way too high right now. Yeah, he's also got that he's got that Boston bump in value. But I mean, you'd rather have him over a lot of the guys that we've been talking about lately. Sure, be, sure, because because you got him you got him for real cheap, right at the start of the season. But you had to weather. It, so assuming you had it from the start of the season, you had to weather a lot of not good. Yeah. I mean, the biggest change for him is that they've actually put him at cleanup a couple times recently. Mm-hmm. And that that actually is a huge change because they had him down at 6-7. Yeah, that, being able to hit in the top three is huge. I mean, top four. I mean, look at who he's batting around, though. Rafael Devers is awesome to be batting behind. But then, yeah, you have Jaron Duran and, and Justin Turner. Well, you've got the... I mean. We we've talked about the Alex Verdugo, right? Alex Verdugo behind yeah. you. Adam Duvall still repairing on the fly from they, broken wrist. I mean, the Red Sox need Casas to produce, right? Yes, they yeah, need absolutely. him to produce. So this I don't know year, if, next year. Well, yeah, I mean, the, well, he's he's a homegrown prospect for them, right? So they they want him to produce for a variety of reasons. I worry a little bit that there's uh, that there's maybe too much pressure on a 23-year-old in a lineup that we just talked about is not full of that great guys right now. In Boston in general, yeah. There's always pressure. So I, I'm i nervous about that. But he's, I mean, when he's producing, he's going to be showered with praise, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now. Yeah, exactly. But that's why when you ask me, would you trade for him right now? I would say I would say no because I feel like we're at 
a high. But if you asked me, should I draft him next year, even regardless of his price point, which is probably going to be significantly higher, I would say yes. Yeah, I think you'll have. I think next year is going to be actually be a good season for the Red Sox. I mean, this year I thought it was going to be a good season for the Red Sox, but <laughs> I don't think that I really. Well, I was right. I think that if there wasn't the Orioles doing what they're doing and the Rays doing what they're doing, as well as Toronto holding on, I mean yeah. that. Geez, if if the Red Sox were to trade places with Minnesota right now, oh, I mean, we've we've talked about this. Ad nauseum, right? That would be they obviously need that. The Red Sox need to but not it's, be it's in that a, division right now. <laughs> it's a it's a positive. It would be a positive feedback loop as well. Yeah. Of like if they were in the the AL Central this year, not only would their they'd be ahead, they'd be number one in the division. Not, not only that, they'd also have the confidence to help them and like a little bit of time to rest players appropriately to give probably a couple. Four or five more wins, you know, I would say. Um, but yeah, I think next year is going to be a really good year for him. Where do we think he ends up on home runs this year? Yeah, so I was just thinking about that. I, I think an appropriate over-under is the 25 that you threw. Tw- that's, that's nine more the rest of the way, right? 25 and a half? That's exactly what he's on pace for, if we're to prorate his games. Well, that's great. <laughs> um yeah, I think I think so. The question is twenty five and so twenty five and a half is fair because it says either that you think he's more like July or more like May, mm-hmm. and I think he hits twenty five but doesn't go over twenty five and a half this year. So you want the under? I on, want the on under 25 on twenty five and a half. But are you giving me the optimistic side to him? Sure, fine. <laughs> All right, I'll take the over. What about RBIs though? He's on pace for sixty two. I mean, I think 144 he, games. I think he's over that because I think I they, think he's over that one. I think his runs total is is what's going to get depressed because I think he's going to stay four or five. Yeah, probably through the end of the season. So he's going to be getting a lot of RBIs. I think I think they're definitely. I think the Red Sox would be thrilled if he produced our if he produced way more RBIs and stopped scoring as yeah, many yeah, runs. They'd rather him. Yeah. Be move on. <laughs> oh, good comp. <laughs> Do you think they are going to put that in Savant someday? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see they should do like a own team like player comp oh yeah i mean that you, would be great oh that would be great indeed that um or own fantasy team you just like you're all the annals of your fantasy ownership who is this guy yeah. like adam jones he's mine bring him <laughs> get, get him on my team yeah uh, that, that actually would be a really valuable product all right who are we doing next week talk about seth brown Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.